0: I do now recall that the March 2016 meeting at the Trump Hotel that Mr. Papadopoulos attended, but I have no clear recollection of the details of what he said at that meeting.
1: Referring of course to George Papadopoulos, he's the former Trump aide who has since pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI about contacts with Russian officials during last year's presidential election. And that has raised some questions, considering Sessions has been long and loud in his denials about any involvement in or knowledge of Russian connections to the Trump campaign. Some of the questions people may now be asking, who might Sessions suddenly remember next? And will any of this move the dial on the Russian investigation? Paul Hunter has been sorting through the mountain of today's often scattershot testimony.
2: Of this, Jeff Sessions is 100% certain. His memory's
0: not so good. I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't recall at this moment. I cannot imagine your memory would fail you so much, but moving on. And so it went for the
2: U.S. Attorney General, under fire on Capitol Hill on whether he lied to Congress over contact last year between the Donald Trump campaign and
0: Russia on lying, by the way. But I will not accept and reject accusations that I have ever lied. That is a lie.
2: But the fogginess is in the details. Twice this year, Sessions testified he knew of no contact between the campaign and Russia. That I
0: conducted no improper cam- uh, discussions with Russians at any time.
2: But now his memories changed. It changed, he said, when former Trump campaign advisor George Papadopoulos told the FBI of a campaign meeting last year led by Sessions, when Papadopoulos said, he was off to Russia and might try to connect Trump with Vladimir Putin. Said Sessions today, not only does he now remember that meeting, but he remembers key details from it.
0: I believe that I wanted to make clear to him that he was not authorized to represent the campaign with the Russian government or any other foreign government for that matter. Democrats kept at it. You did have communications with the Russians last year, isn't that right? Just yes or no? I had a meeting with the Russian ambassador, yes. That's exactly the opposite answer you gave under oath to U.S. Senate. So again, either you're lying to U.S.
3: Senate or you're lying to U.S. House of Representatives. Well,
2: Sessions said he earlier meant the meeting was inconsequential. As for his memory malfunctions, he blamed, in effect, the campaign itself.
0: It was a form of chaos every day from day one. We traveled, uh, sometimes to several places in one day. Sleep was in short supply. All of it for Trump,
2: reigniting questions about his campaign, Russia, collusion, meddling, and cover-up. None proven, none forgotten. Paul Hunter, CBC News, Washington.
1: Okay, so Donald Trump's attorney general is no stranger to controversy. Here's a brief look at Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions may be a somewhat embattled Attorney General with memory problems now, but it wasn't always so. Sessions spent 20 years in the U.S. Senate and was the first member of Congress to endorse Trump before being nominated as Attorney General.
0: Well, I would be honored to be considered?
1: Sessions has taken a hard line on immigration, sometimes even legal immigration. He's a climate skeptic and allegations of racism have dogged him for years.
0: I am totally committed to maintaining the freedom and equality that this country has to provide to every citizen.
1: It was only back in July that Trump called Sessions weak and beleaguered for recusing himself from the Russia investigation. The president has also expressed frustration with Sessions' inability to get the travel ban in place or to go after Democrats with special counsel. In spite of all this, Sessions remains inside Trump's circle.
4: So start off the podcast talking about Jeff Sessions uh, with that clip. Uh, It's hard to believe that this guy is still the Attorney General, despite the fact that he's perjured himself and Donald Trump doesn't seem to like the guy, at least not anymore. Um, It seems like this would be an opportune time for Trump to remove him. Um, You know, we'll see what happens with that, but it really makes him look even weaker than he already did appear uh then there was this image which i wanted to share on the podcast because i thought it was uh, really good photography from earth pics on twitter uh where it caught an image of this dove in mid-flight uh it was a really cool image that i thought it would be very cool to show unfortunately it doesn't show too, up too well on the screen but you can definitely check it out twitter.com slash the john D it's right there uh, really cool image Uh, Then, speaking of Donald Trump, there was this clip uh, going way back uh, that I wanted to play for you guys. Just to ask the question, do you still, anybody that is a supporter of his, do you still trust this guy? Uh, So definitely check out this clip.
2: I guess it was the biggest electoral college win since Ronald Reagan.
5: You said today that you had the
2: biggest electoral margin since Ronald Reagan with 304 or 306 electoral votes. In fact, President Obama got 365. Well, I'm talking about Republican The yeah. pres- President um, uh, Obama 332, yeah. and George H.W. Bush 426 when he won as president. So why should Americans trust? You? Well, no, I was told. I was given that information. I don't know. I was just given. We had a very, very big margin. I guess my question is, why should Americans trust you when you accuse? they receive of being made when you're providing information... With well, them. I don't know. I was given that information. I given, I've, actually, I've seen that information around. But it was a very substantial victory. Do you agree with that? You're the
4: president. So, pretty interesting clip there. Uh, I'm not sure if all of the audio caught there, but basically Donald Trump saying that he had the biggest margin of victory for an Electoral College win of any Republican over the last at least 30 years and that's actually not the case George H.W. Bush had a much wider margin, Obama as well had a, marg- a larger uh, margin so yeah like it, it shows that somebody that's pointing at the media saying fake news is, was caught red handed right there uh, with fake information himself um, so again like if you're a supporter of Donald Trump's, do you support somebody like that? Can you trust somebody like that? Uh, so on a lighter note, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, breathe, think of solutions, don't let worry control you, don't let stress break you, simply breathe, it'll be okay because you don't quit. So I thought that that was a really good tweet from Billionaire Mindset. Uh, Jeff Brady tweeted out, uh, this was a couple of days ago, uh, TransCanada says an estimated 210,000 gallons, or about 5,000 barrels full of oil, spilled from Keystone Pipeline near South Dakota and that the cause is under investigation and my response to that is good job to Donald Trump and good job to Justin Trudeau this is exactly what I think everybody thought was going to happen when you have a pipeline that's that big with that much oil being you know sent out Uh, you know this is what could happen to the environment and it's what did happen to the environment so the oil uh, the blood, as you would say, but the oil is on their hands, if you ask me. Uh, then Jackson tweeted out, Every new word completely destroys the meaning of the sentence up to that point and starts anew. Uh, especially the, sp- the spacing here. So it says, Christian Bale's dick. And then the next line, Cheney bod is getting memed. So, very weird spacing, but Jackson had a very good point with that. Uh, Cage side Seats tweeted out, I think the hottest take I have is that this photo is sad because none of these fans, and you can't really see it necessarily, but all the fans are holding up cell phones. Uh, but what he's saying is none of these fans are actually enjoying the moment because they're so eager to film it on their phones. They're trying to film a moment. They aren't actually experiencing it because they're filming it. Um, i think that's true not just in wrestling but pretty much any event now if you're looking at concerts if you're looking at sporting events so many people are taking video of what's going on they're taking selfies of themselves and it basically takes them out of that moment Um, so it's kind of a waste in a lot of ways so i would agree with what cage side seats was saying there um daily mail celebrity tweeted out that sylvester stallone was accused of sexually assaulting a 16 year old fan uh, I was responding saying, "Slide 2, what world do we live in? It's just crazy the number of accusations now that are coming out um, and how many people uh, you know, that for a lot of people, some of them might e- even be heroes of theirs um, you know, doing these types of stupid things um, Then Uh, The Bleacher Report tweeted out that uh, Stanton won the NL MVP award, and I said that means that the trade price just went up. Uh, So, my last podcast, I was telling everybody that I was excited to go see the Justice League movie, and that I would share my thoughts on it without giving any spoilers on this episode. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. I came in, you know, wanting to be excited. I had low expectations after Batman versus Superman. But I'll have to be brutally honest here. I think the Justice League movie was actually worse than the Batman versus Superman movie. Um, and I didn't even think that that would be possible. Um, but it felt like, to me, it was almost like the Flash... Was actually writing the scripts for both of those films because they both felt so rushed, and it was just like pieces here and there. Like it was just it was just a weirdly formatted film, just like Batman versus Superman, and it was just it all felt so rushed. Um, and another thing that I didn't really like about Justice League is that there was little, if any, humor, uh, which I think s- definitely makes Marvel stand out as the superior. Uh, comic book movies these days like they they do such a good job of injecting humor into what they're doing and dc comics just does such a poor job of it they try there was a little bit of humor in the movie but like it wasn't enough and it's they make it so over the top serious that it just is ridiculous it's all rushed it's like it's patchy um, you know, I said it clunky as well. It was like a, a film made by somebody that has ADD, because it was all over the place, just like Batman versus Superman. And here's the worst part about this review, is I didn't even pay to see the movie. I got to see it for free with my scene points, and I still feel that way about this movie. So that kind of tells you pretty much anything you need to know about Justice League. Um, you know, if you want to waste two hours of your time, Go see it. Um, If you feel like your time is more valuable than that, and you can spend it in a better way, I would recommend that. Uh, That's more than two hours of my life. I'm not gonna get back. Uh, And you know, I'm a guy that's a Batman fan, Superman fan, uh, Wonder Woman fan. Like, The Flash even was really good in this movie in terms of like the character. I just wish they used it better. Um, You know, I like all those superheroes, but again it was like such a disappointing movie uh, with such great possibility with the characters Um, and again there's other opinions i have of the movie but if i were to talk about those it would be a spoiler so i don't want to go into that i don't want to ruin it for anybody who does still want to go see that movie but again i would just say you know save your money save your time it's it's worse than batman versus superman and i didn't think that that was possible unfortunately um then uh tonight actually is NXT War Games. Um and the, the big big match that everybody's excited about including myself is the War Games match itself. We haven't seen it since WCW. Um but Triple H was on uh Sirius and he uh confirmed that bringing back War Games was met with resistance and that they needed to tweak things, including removing the roof from the cage. Um, And then Sirius was asking the question, are you upset that the match won't be exactly like the original now? And to me, I was saying no roof. That kind of defeats the purpose with all the rules. And remember, War Games, um, if you're an old-school wrestling fan like myself, it's a match with a cage surrounding two rings. So it's a huge cage, and the cage had a roof on it. And the whole point was to keep the people that were inside the match in the match and keep the people that were outside of the match outside of the match just like a Hell in a Cell match. But the rules are that every few minutes or every few, you know, 30 seconds or so, a team member would join into the into the match, they would go into the cage. So without having a roof, I don't really know how you achieve that unless the other team members are in shark cages until they get released or something like that. And maybe that's what WWE is going to do. Um, but again, with, without a roof on it, all of a sudden maybe other people not involved in the match could get involved And maybe that's exciting, but maybe that ruins the match too um, You know, I don't want to judge it before it actually happens I want to see what vision Triple H and WWE have for this match But my early thoughts are uh, that it, it kind of ruins the idea of the match But maybe I'm wrong uh, you know, we'll see. Again, NXT TakeOver War Games is going to be tonight. I'm ex- still excited to see it, even though I know now it's not quite the same match. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, my takeaway wasn't the only one like that. Will Mahoney tweeted uh, The entire point of War Games is no escape and only surrender. Take away the roof on the cage and add pinfalls. And it's a completely different match, and that's a really good point that Will makes because the other part of the match is exactly what he said, that it's all about surrendering, which means submission. The only way to win the match was to get your opponent to quit to tap out. Now you can win the match by pinfall. So again, it kind of it's running counter to the idea of bringing back a match as opposed to just creating a brand new match out out of its own. Um, And I kind of added to that. I was saying, you know, Dusty Rhodes, who invented the war games, uh, would be disappointed in No Roof and Pinfalls. Um, But, you know, again, we'll see what happens. Uh, I also tweeted out, I'd be interested to see uh, if or when the WWE or NXT ever plans to bring back the triple-tier cage. Uh, I always thought that that was a really cool match that WCW did. They actually had that in their movie, Ready to rumble, I think it was called, uh, with David Arquette. Um, but it it was it was an interesting match because it was you know a cage on top of a cage on top of a cage, with ladders and you know that you would have a championship belt at the top of that top cage and you'd have to climb all the way up to get it, and then you'd have to climb all the way down, go through the cages, through your opponents, and out the door to beat the champion if it was a championship match. Uh, So I always thought that that was a really cool, interesting match because there was weapons as well. You know, it was really creative, um, but nobody's seen it since WCW. Maybe it's the cost of making those cages like that. Who knows? But I would love to see the WWE or NXT, um, you know, bring that back. I would love to see WWE or NXT bring back, like, King of the Ring. I think there's so many, like, old-school ideas or themes and you know wwe now is is having so many pay-per-view events with raw and smackdown and nxt now like i think they need more of those ideas like that they should fall back on those things you know some of the best pay-per-views of the year are still the ones that have themes around them you know you talk about royal rumble where you're talking about the 30-man royal rumble match you know survivor series which is this sunday you've got the five on five traditional tag team elimination match so you know those are the things that I think really excite fans when you have those themed pay-per-views. You know, King of the Ring we haven't seen in a long time, and usually they always water it down. They should make it a big deal again. They should make it a pay-per-view event. They should bring back the Triple Cage. I like that they're bringing back War Games. You know, they've, they've got to go back to that, I think, and, and that will really kind of help uh, not only build pay-per-views up, but it'll hopefully also help build up the talent as well. Uh, Donald Trump tweeted out the Al Frankenstein and he m- misspelled Frankenstein. Uh, picture is really bad. Speaks a thousand words. Where do his hands go in pictures two, three, four, five, and six while she sleeps? And my response is number one, as I said, he can't spell Frankenstein, which is hilarious. Number two, Donald Trump is accused of worse because there's more women that are accusing him. Number three,. I don't understand how you can be more offended than the person that actually did the accusation, Leanne Tweeden. She's forgiven him, she said that he should stay in the Senate, and yet Donald Trump is somehow more offended than the victim. I don't think anybody should be more offended than the victim in anything. Um, You know, also interesting to note, Donald Trump, being the hypocrite that he has been all this time, has yet to even discuss Roy Moore. Uh, and even his own daughter, Ivanka, has condemned Roy Moore. So maybe she should also condemn her father, too, if for nothing else, just for being a hypocrite. Uh, also, really interesting bit of news from the Washington Post. Uh, the Senate tax bill would cut the taxes of the wealthy and increase taxes on families in the middle class, including tax hikes for households earning $10,000 to $30,000 a year, which would start in the year 2021 and grow sharply from there. So again, uh, the Republicans campaign one way, and then what they actually write as bills and what they actually pass just benefit the rich and the corporations. And, you know, maybe there's a few people out there that are delusional and think that they're part of those groups, but I would probably assure you, if you're watching the show right now, you're probably not one of those people. Um, So why vote against your own interests, you know, how long do you have to watch your country burn before you realize hey Maybe the Republican Party doesn't have the answers. Maybe the Democrats aren't as bad as I thought they were maybe I should give them a shot at least at Congress because Republicans have majority in Congress right now and what if they passed they might not even pass this tax bill Uh, Then there was this clip I wanted to play for you guys. Really, really interesting story here from CBC The National uh, talking about climate change and the roles that cows play. And obviously, methane gas from cows farting and shitting, people are well aware of the fact that that has an impact on climate change. What's interesting about this story is that they may have found a solution for it. So I wanted to play that for you guys here on the podcast. So we
5: just walk along, and we just shake a little bit in the gal. So it's really just sprinkling on top of the, yep. the
3: feed that you already have. Yes, that's it. Camp so Rennie's dairy cattle, 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 cattle are eating no. something most cows never even see it's in their lifetimes. But with every lick, they're actually helping the environment. It's a bit of a, weird it's a idea. It's a different though, right? idea, for
5: sure. And uh, you know, we said, well, we'll give it a try, no harm. And uh, we've seen a difference and liked the idea. So here they are cows on the cusp
3: of something big they don't really look any different from your average run of the mill dairy cow but it's what's going on on the inside that's capturing the world's attention you see a lot of methane comes out of a cow's mouth some also comes out of the other end but these cows have managed to reduce their methane emissions by 20 percent
5: feeding them seaweed seaweed yeah do the cows like it yeah they love it because it's salty uh it's probably the main reason they like to eat it this is what we got. There's our, there's our ivy moss, there's our foo-foo, there's our uh, rockweed.
3: This is Joe Dorgan over in Tignish, PEI. He used to milk cows for a living. What
0: did you call this foo-foo? foo There's a real name for this fusel area, and then there's a Latin name, but that's all bullshit to me. <laughs> I don't know what all that is. Uh, we call it foo
3: The way the story goes many years ago joe was looking for new organic ways to feed his cows he admits cutting methane emissions wasn't exactly top of mind how did you even get the idea that if you fed seaweed to cows maybe it would do do them some good well i
0: i knew uh i always knew that it was good the old people they used it for their fertilizer and for their animal uh minerals and stuff for their animals years and years ago. So, when I changed my uh, my dairy herd organic, I wanted the source of uh, mineral. So I said, let's use
3: what we got. So Joe, walk me through the process, how you turn the raw, dry stuff into
5: what the cows... This is do. our raw product. Yeah. Put in here, goes
0: up the conveyor belt in the hopper here, goes into our drum system, that takes out the, the rocks, the sand, as it's going through this here. That comes down into those tubs. It goes through our processor here then, our hammer mill, whichever you want to call it. And that does all the chopping. Oh, so it's breaking up the that's clumps breaking it into up. something. Yep. That, OK, so that's what that's I was uh, saying over here, that's which the is- the product
3: right here. Oh, I see. It's just kind of this- That's, what,
5: that's the like finished product. Like product. Like yeah. a powder almost, right? Yeah, yeah. We figure it's uh, trying to find a solution to a problem we didn't create, so. Well, it certainly makes you feel good because, you know, there's a lot of talk about greenhouse gases and, uh, you know, uh, cows are getting blamed for some of this and uh, the greenhouse gases, even though they've been around for tens of thousands of years and it's not really their fault. If we can help with this problem, then that's great. I wonder, can you make money from it too? Well, we're hoping down the road we'll be able to sell some carbon credits from it, but you know, it's not why we're doing it. It's, we started out doing it to improve cow Health and anything else comes along as a bonus. Is, is that something, though, that, that could be quite lucrative? Well, it could be, for sure, because uh, methane is, uh, you know, quite more potent than uh, carbon from the car. So, uh, yeah, that's got possibilities to be an income.
3: Back in Joe's corner of the island, he too sees the financial benefit of this fix. He just needs more farmers to take notice.
0: It is a business there now. Now, it's not a great big multi-million dollar business, but it's a real business. And you're helping the cow, plus you're helping people, and you're helping the environment at the same time. So you're doing a good thing. So Joe talks about helping the cow, and this was
3: what he was really interested in all along. His cows seemed to give more milk, have stronger reproductive cycles, even their offspring were healthier. A lot of that's been backed up by science, believe it or not, because methane is effectively wasted energy, so less methane is a good thing. But from here, the story actually gets really exciting, because Joe's discovery is tiny compared to what might be coming next. The same researcher who tested Joe's cows, proving they were emitting less methane, ended up going on a worldwide search for a better seaweed that might reduce methane emissions even more. And he found one all the way in Australia. Asparagopsis taxiformis is the name of that seaweed. Only grows in warmer waters, but listen to him describe what happened when he tested the stuff in the lab and got
0: a methane flatline. So I redid the experiment and I got the same result again. I was even doubtful the second time because I was seeing no methane at all. It was um, a complete inhibition or at least below detection, which is so so low you might as well say that it's gone because I can measure 99.999% of a reduction.
3: So eliminating methane altogether that would be something Uh, rob kinley has since been testing the seaweed in live animals and is planning to release the data in the new year but look he's already telling us that the findings are better than even he could have expected so we'll wait for those he thinks it'll turn the industry on its head
4: so yeah very interesting video there uh from the national uh unbelievable to think that something as simple as seaweed feeding that to cows can reduce methane gas Uh, unbelievable and and clearly what's really interesting about it is that it appears that it's actually true based on all the the testing that they're doing so uh, that could be a huge breakthrough uh, going on right there Um, and something that you know who the hell would think like feeding seaweed to a cow could have that big of an impact and what was really cool about it, I thought, is even from like a farmer's perspective, it resulted in the cow having more milk, uh, healthier cows, better reproductive cycles. Um, so like you can't, it doesn't seem like there's any loss at all by doing that. So really cool uh, story there from The National. Uh, sticking with Canada for a second, because it's not that often that we get to talk about Canadian politics on this podcast, but when we do, I love to talk about it. Uh, Canada recently has made a report card for itself and when I say Canada, I mean the Liberal Party uh, and for its balanced budget promise by the year 2019 or 2020 it says that it's underway but with difficulties instead of just saying broken promise Uh, literally when I heard that I was dying laughing because it's so stupid to me Um, you know, it's clearly this report card that they're making for themselves, it's clearly spin instead of what it's supposed to be, accountability, Uh, and I go a little bit further by saying, you know, if the government was really serious about a report card for something like this, they'd have the Auditor General do it instead of using this type of 1984 Orwellian type of language. Uh, Then there's a clip from uh, The Late Show from Stephen Colbert uh, I don't believe I would be able to play it because it would probably get us yanked off of YouTube, uh, but if you're interested, definitely check it out, uh, twitter.com slash Newton, It's right there on the timeline. Uh, then there was this, which I thought was hilarious, and there's a bit of a background to this. So number one, uh, Blake Shelton was recently named as uh, People's Sexiest Man Alive, and it started a conversation on Twitter uh, with previous winners, uh, Hugh Jackman. And Ryan Reynolds and they were joking with each other saying you know Blake Shelton you know he's not really the sexiest man alive uh, we think that it's it's Patrick Stewart so Patrick Stewart took it to the next level and he released this picture on Twitter of himself on TV Guide <laughs> and he tweeted out gentlemen come at me when you are this sexy hashtag sexiest man alive uh, so I thought that that was a really funny tweet that I had to share on this podcast Patrick Stewart um, has had some really funny tweets over time, Uh, very funny guy and a phenomenal actor to say the least Um, then going back to Stanton because in Major League Baseball right now even though the season's done there is so much interest so much attention around the Marlins obviously with the new ownership group with Derek Jeter um, but also the fact that They're trying to cut payroll, and it's obvious to everybody that to do that, Stanton has to go. Um, So for me, as a Blue Jays fan, I'm sitting there going, man, the Blue Jays are nuts if they don't go after this guy with everything. I would say, like, trade whatever you can to get somebody like this. But you're not hearing about the Blue Jays, you're hearing about other teams. One of them, uh, Ken Rosenthal, tweeting about the San Francisco Giants are among the teams making trade offers for the Marlon Stanton, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Conan O'Brien tweeted out uh, yesterday I like to think of myself as the blind woman's Ryan Gosling, so I thought that was a pretty funny tweet. Uberfax tweeted out Research shows people in quarter life crisis and midlife crisis are more curious about themselves and the world than those not in crisis, so I thought that that was an interesting tweet as well. Uh, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, be nice to people, we're all battling something. I think that's something that a lot of people forget from time to time, but it is definitely true. And Uberfax tweeted out something which was interesting that I think people also forget about. Uh, A team at the NFL draft makes the personalized jerseys for each pick that gets made with the names and everything in just two minutes. Um, And I was saying, so that's why the picks take so long. Uh, Then Uh, The name of this podcast is going to be 2017 in four words. And the reason for that is because that was a hashtag that was trending. It's still trending, I believe, on Twitter. Um, And there were some interesting responses. I'll start with mine. I had a couple. Uh, The first one I had, 2017 in just four words. Those four words that I had were, Trump fucked us all. Uh, Slow Ams tweeted out, Nobody follows the rule anymore, hashtag 2017 in four words. Now obviously that's more than four words, and I think where Slow Ams was going with that is the fact that Twitter went from 140 characters to 280, so there are no rules anymore. Uh, 2017 in four words, Chris O'Brien tweeted out, hold my beer 2016. Uh, Skippy McGizzard tweeted out, men behaving really badly, that was a really good one. Uh, hashtag t- t- 2017 in four words. Uh, then there was this one from CK. Uh, she tweeted out women not taking shit, hashtag 2017 in four words. Uh, Vic Vega tweeted out uh, less money, more problems, hashtag 2017 in four words. Uh, IGZ or IGZ, uh, depending on if you're Canadian or American. Uh, fidget spinners are everywhere, hashtag 2017 and four words. Uh, Ricky D tweeted, I really miss Obama, hashtag 2017 and four words. Uh, chlorine tweeted out pretty clever, literally spelling out 2017 as her f- four words for 2017. And Casey tweeted out an interesting tweet, uh, unrelated. Uh, Elon Musk uh, recently came out and talked about the fact that he's going to have self-driving trucks. Uh, So Casey uh, tweeted, uh, Dear Elon Musk, you didn't say much about the semi's horn. Is it still activated by pulling a rope that hangs above the driver's side window, or do children everywhere need a new motion to request a honk? Thanks. So I thought that that was a pretty clever, pretty funny tweet. Uh, Then Reborn by Fate, or also known as Matt Hardy. Uh, tweeted out hot take I propose a mandatory licensing system for people who wish to use social media much like a driver's license you must pass a test that includes common sense basic intelligence and common decency to obtain the license if you fail you can take the test again in six months so I thought that that was a good tweet from Matt Hardy uh, then there is this tweet from Alan Cheapshot. On this day in 1995, ECW, November to remember, Cactus Jack is wearing a t-shirt with Eric Bischoff on the front, uh, and forgive me, Uncle Eric, on the back, as he does the WCW in the form of the YMCA dance. So he did WCW. <laughs> I had no idea that even happened. I've, I've got... Um, subscription to the WWE Network but there's definitely a lot of stuff that I can go back and watch one of them would be this uh, 1995 ECW November to remember event because that's pretty funny Uh, billionaire mindset tweeted out your mistakes should be your motivation not your excuses so I thought that that was a pretty good tweet Uh, then I had a few thoughts about Roy Moore Uh, so I said Roy Moore is framing everything as us versus them just as Trump did Uh, which could mean that this headache for the GOP could soon become a migraine because it's very possible now, even though the media, comedians, so many people are poking fun at how ridiculous it is that this guy hasn't dropped out. Republicans in the House and the Senate, they've all said that this guy should drop out. He's still running, and he's in a state that is crazy enough and so anti-democratic party enough to vote this guy into the Senate still remember this is the same state that's in the same country, the US, that voted in Donald Trump and he ran with that us versus them mentality you know, the media is against us it's the same thing with this, only in a way it's almost cranked up a bit because it it goes back to Alabama's history you're saying the outsiders, the northerners, the media is attacking us so. You know, we'll see what happens with that, but I would not be surprised if this headache for the GOP becomes a migraine very quickly. Another interesting uh, point, going back to the Republicans, uh, tweeted out by CNBC, is that the House GOP tax plan would increase taxes for graduate students by 400%. So again, who is this new tax bill actually going to be helping? Uh, then, as I was saying, 2017 in four words, I had two. The first one I had, Trump fucked us all. The second one I had was a, kind of a, an attachment to that, bleeding from the asshole. Uh, so those are my thoughts for 2017 in four words. Uh, then it gets even better. So the Republican Party just has had a, a really good day today. Uh, this was tweeted out by Twitter Moments. Uh, This anti-LGBT Ohio lawmaker quit after he was caught having sex with a man in his office. You can't make that shit up. (laughs) Only in the Republican Party would you see shit like this just continue to happen. Uh, So going back to Roy Moore, uh, I uh, I, I tweeted out that Roy Moore is hoping for forgiveness in Alabama where he says, to be fair, a high school senior is a MILF. Roy Moore isn't guilty but he's banned from a mall. He's creepier than the homeless guy who hangs around that same mall and yet he's not banned from the mall. And there was another accusation against Roy Moore. A woman accused Roy Moore of squeezing her ass at the age of 28. Moore stated in his defense that she looked much younger (laughs) And I also tweeted, Roy Moore has spent more time chatting with little girls at the mall than Santa Claus. (laughs) And I also said about Roy Moore, Roy Moore right now is like Godzilla blaming Tokyo. It's just totally insane right now. And if you would hear Roy Moore talk about it, to him, Christmas is about a teenage virgin being knocked up by God. And moving away from Roy Moore... Um, I always thought that this was an ingenious cover. There was a book uh, that was published a while ago called If I Did It about O.J. Simpson and uh, all of the money for that book was going to the Goldmans uh, obviously their son murdered. Uh, so what they did with the rights to that book is on the cover they put the word IF in small letters in dark red inside of the dark black eye so you can barely see it it looks like the cover says I did it um, so I always thought that that was an ingenious cover by the Goldmans and again like just the fact that you can barely see the if you definitely can't see it on the screen right now um, and it reads like it says I did it I thought it was I've always thought it was ingenious by them. Uh, then uh, Mike Pence uh, wishes everybody a happy Thanksgiving in the States It's going to be coming up soon. Uh, So there's a new headline from the Daily Beast It says Mike Pence demands that Turkey Stop laying there with its legs spread Like some whore (laughs) There's other news This news from Politico Jeff Sessions mistaken For an elf on a shelf (laughs) Chased through the (laughs) mall I can barely read these They're so funny This one was my favorite. Uh, For media, Viagra pulls handy ads. Outraged Fox fans cut off their dicks. (laughs) And what's funny about that is I said that they would do that too. Hashtag dummies. Uh, Then the Washington Post tweeted out, Multiple women accused Ted Cruz of sending dick pic after he emails pictures of his face. And unfortunately, the accusations keep coming. A third gerbil now has come forward to accuse Richard Gere. Very unfortunate. Uh, So, yeah, we'll end with that. Uh, Fake news. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching, for listening to the podcast, and we'll see you guys on the next episode.